this week has really been hectic for my family, um, especially with staying in a hotel room with a bunch of feral children. Um, this should be good either way, right? Because whatever God never returns void. But, hey, listen, we've been saying the last couple of weeks this. We've been saying something to this effect that we said that there is an abundance waiting for us in our pursuit of God's presence. There's an abundance waiting for us. It means there's more than enough. Like there's something God has for you. Like Because here, here's, here's the reality. Our God is a God who has always has been and always will be a God of more. He wants more for you. He doesn't, he doesn't, like in fact, he doesn't want you just to be a mediocre Christian. Revelation 3 says that you, I, wish you were either, uh, I wish you were either hot or cold and said lukewarm. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Like he doesn't want just mediocrity. He doesn't want you just to show up on Sundays because that's what we do because we're living in the South. He wants people who are per- pursuing his face. And, and but there's this, but our God is a God of so much more. He wants more than, for you than you could even think that he wants for you. That's why the Apostle Paul would write in Ephesians, Ephesians 3, he would say this. He says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dreams, and exceed your wildest imaginations. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Like that, your wildest dream, your your thing that you that you look for the for to the most things, the thing you hope for the most. God, what God wants for you is better than that. It's better than that job He wants for you. There's a sweat drop on my eye, and it was bothering me like crazy. He wants more for you than you can even dream or hope or can imagine. The big, the, the 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 job that you wish, God wants something better. The 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 spouse you want, God wants something better. You name it, his plan for you is so much better. And when we, and when we begin to encounter that, it changes our world forever. So that's why we said that we will now exist to take people from corporate encounters, from just Sunday morning experiences to, to encounters with God on a daily basis. We, will take, we exist to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. We want you to experience God daily. Whether that's through laying the hands on people and praying for them and watching God do a miracle through them or through reading God's word every day through your prayer and fasting. We want you to encounter God on a daily on a daily basis. And it's when we pursue God it's when we pursue the presence of God that it will also lead others to him. To those that we live, work and play with, with that God will, God will lead them lead them to encounter the same encounter that you've experienced. And I believe this so much that I believe the words that, Jesus, that God spoke to Habakkuk in Habakkuk 1.5 will happen in our lives. When he says, the Lord replied, look around at the nations and look and be amazed for I am doing something in your own day. In what day? Your own day. This is in Acts 2. This is, this is year 2023. God's doing something in your own day. Something, something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. Like, I want God to move so much that when I start telling people these stories, they just look at me and go, no way. No way God did that. You're telling me that God, God did that? Yeah, yes. I want something God to move in a way that only, so, that only he could get the credit for it. Because it's not by my power, by my mind, but by the Spirit of the Lord. 
So I'm telling you, keep your eyes open. Look at what God is doing. And in seeing the spirit, and it's in seeing the Spirit of God move that builds up faith's courage to be bold in our faith. God is calling us to be bold in, this, in the season that we're in. But it's this faith of seeing what the Spirit of God move that builds the faith, the courage to, to be bold in our faith, bold in our beliefs, bold in our stance against darkness that is invading society. And we say stuff like that, that invading society, but let's make it personal. He needs you to be bold to face a darkness that's, that's rummaging your family, rummaging your kids, rummaging your spouse, rummaging your coworkers. He needs you to be bold and courageous in your faith, to stand and speak truth. See, it's no coincidence that Jesus would say this. He would say this. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the, like, this is what, what he's talking about. From the moment John the Baptist, is what he's speaking of, stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. Some translations say it's advancing violently or forcefully. And passionate people have taken hold of its power. It's time for us to be bold and take possession of the power that's given to us. To continue to advance and advance the gospel to those we live, work, and play with. We can say it like this, heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people, people with zeal, people with boldness have taken hold of its power. Listen, you, can approach, you can't approach this faith journey without boldness. It's time that we take big risks because we serve a big God. And, that, and it's time for us to become and it's time for us to be a people that size up, that take steps. Take big risks because we serve a big God. See, in Acts 4, talking about boldness and sizing up and those kind of things. In, in Acts 4, P, Peter and John were preaching and, and they've healed this crippled man, right? And, and, and it made some people mad. And here's what, here's what it says in Acts 4. It says this. The teaching and preaching of, of Peter and John angered the priest, the captain of the temp, temple police, and, rep, and representatives of the Jewish sect of the Sadducees. They were furious that people were being taught that in Jesus there is resurrection from the dead. So right before this, he heals somebody, by the way. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose him. They had them, had them arrested, and since it was already evening, they kept them in custody until the next day. Yet they were, there were many in the crowd who believed the message, message bringing the total number of men who believed, and this is just men, to nearly 5,000 people. And so just a couple chapters before that, there was 3,000 men, so that's 8,000 men, so you had women and children in there, it's probably numbers up there, you know what I'm saying? Yet there were, they were many in the crowd who believed this message, bringing the total number of men who believed to nearly 5,000. The next day, men, many Jewish leaders, religious scholars, and elders of the people convened a meeting in Jerusalem. Annas, the, Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others who were members of the high priest's family. They made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, Tell us, by what power and authority, authority, um, what power and authority have you done these things? And I'm going to pause here for a second because there's that word, what? Authority. By what authority do you have to heal the sick 
Uh, what authority do you have to push back darkness? What authority do you have to cast out demons? Well, it's authority that's given to us through Jesus. That's why Luke tells us in 1019, if you remember, now you understand that I have imparted to you all my what? Authority to trample over his, king, over his kingdom, his kingdom meaning the Satan's kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. And then Paul would tell, tell us, tell the Corinthian church and tell us in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 3 says this, For although we live in a natural realm, we don't wage military campaign, campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist, insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. As soon as you choose complete obedience. We carry the authority to push back spiritual darkness in any argument that opposes the truth of God. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if your opinion does not line up with Scripture, it is wrong. Well, Derek, I just think that, I don't think that's, some of that's just really relevant for today. Either it's totally relevant or it's not relevant at all. You can't just believe part of it and not believe the other part. You have to believe the whole thing or nothing at all because if one part of it is not true, then the whole part of it is not true. So if your opinion does not line up with what Scripture says, your opinion's wrong, and it's exactly that. It's an opinion. It's not truth. Now this is a tense moment for, for, for Peter and John. You with me? Like they have a choice here to shrink back or to be bold, to size up and take action in this. Let's watch what they do in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. It says this, Peter, filled with what? The Holy Spirit answered, respected elders and leaders of the people, listen, are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? And I love this, these two, those two words because he's about to, like he's being a little bit of a smart aleck. Well then, he says, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that you, the builders, have rejected and now has become the cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us, but there is only one name to whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. The council, the council members were astonished as they witnessed the what? Bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effects Jesus had on them simply by spending time with them. So standing there with them was, was the healed man, and there was nothing further they could say. There's nothing further they could say. So number one, here's the thing. An encounter or being in the presence of Jesus is better than any education you can have. Now, I'm going to step over here just a second. Like, this is coming from a person who, like, I have, a, I have a bachelor's degree in religion and biblical studies and a master's degree in theology and theological thought. Okay, like, I'm all about getting education. I love education. 
But you can have all the knowledge in the world and not know the power that you have. The power that's in Jesus' name. You can have all the education in the world and not know Christ and his power. That's why James 2.19 would say, you can believe all you want, that there is a one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this and tremble with fear before him. Yet they are unchanged. They remain demons. Education is important, but not at, the, not the, not at the, the whim of an encounter. We have to have an encounter with God to, have, to really move in power. The reason Peter and John were so successful here and was so bold here is because they experienced, they had an encounter with the one who saved them, a true encounter. And what ended up happening is all, they, all these religious scholars could do do was threaten them saying don't don't talk or perform or do anything don't perform signs and wonders don't heal nobody else that's all they could do because the man who was healed was standing right next to him they didn't have an argument against the encounter tracking with me in verse 19 he goes on to say this but Peter and John replied you can judge for yourself is it better to listen to you or to God. Listen, we live, I'm going to pause right here just a we live in a society that if you're not, if you're not like them, if you don't believe the same thing they are, they're going to persecute you, they're going to cancel you, they're going to do all this stuff. And listen, we have to make the choice. Is it better to try to please everyone that's around us or to be the one, live a life that's pleasing to the God, the one who holds our soul? Is it better for you to listen to the people around you, to be pleasing, to make them happy, to make you feel accepted? Because really that's what it is. is a lot of us don't feel accepted, so we want, we'll, we'll say this around this group, say this around this group, and we never really know what we truly believe. Because we just want to be accepted. Well, I'm here to tell you there's a God in heaven who has accepted you, and all he asks for you to do is follow his truth. His truth. Derek, I have my truth. Your truth ain't your ain't truth. We can't all have separate truths and it still be true. Peter and John replied, you, can't, you can judge for yourself. Is it better to listen to you or to God? It's important for, it's important for us. It's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've seen and heard. You may tell me to shut up, but you. But listen, that's, the things that I've seen and the things that I've heard, I can't stop talking about. It's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've heard and seen. It's impossible for us to speak, stop speaking about the things that we've heard and seen. It's impossible. It's impossible. It makes you wonder about the things that we celebrate with people, doesn't it? How quick we are to have conversations about football teams and TV shows and celebrate these things. But the moment that Jesus gets brought up, we're like, oh, I don't want to cause some tension. So I'm not going to talk about it. Get in there and cause some tension, y'all. Talk about Jesus. Put your job at stake for talking about it. You know what I'm saying? freaking work for Knox County Schools and I'm talking to kids about Jesus every day. I don't care. Fire me. 
fire me. Please, fire me. Please. Derek, I have a livelihood. You're right. If you trust God with your salvation to get you to the end of your life, surely you can trust Him to get you to the end of mine. With me? Acts 4.23. As soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained. This is a little bit down later, just so you know. They, when they were, they were whipped and they were beaten and they were told to shut up about what they believed, not to do miracle powers anymore. And it says that they left there celebrating that they were persecuted for the name of Jesus. You with me? And we get all upset when people are like, I don't like you because you're a Christian. Good. Okay, fine, whatever. Anyways, verse 23. As soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priest and the elders. When the believers heard heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed, Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. And you spoke... By the Holy Spirit, through your servant David, your, our forefather, saying, How dare the nations plan a rebellion, a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. That, does that sound familiar? Listen, there's nothing new under the sun. There's kingdoms now raging against the truth of God. And their attempts are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his his anointed Messiah. In fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with Jews and non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant Jesus, the Messiah. They did to him all that that your purpose, purpose and will had determined according to the destiny you had marked out for him. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. It doesn't say rescue us. It doesn't say say free us from their chains. It doesn't say please soften their hearts. No, it says empower us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and what? Courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal, to move in signs and wonders, and by the name of your holy son, Jesus. And at that moment, earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with what? Unrestrained boldness. They didn't pray for delivery. They prayed for boldness. When was the last time you prayed to God, give me the boldness? And the courage to speak the truth to that person tomorrow? Or do you figure out a way of God, can you, can you withdraw me from this situation? Maybe the reason God has you in the moment, the thing that, you had, that He has you in, is for you to, to have bold faith and speak truth. But here's the thing, the word boldness here comes from the Greek word paresia. That really doesn't translate very good, very well into English. Here's what it means, though. It means speaking unrestrained truth with confidence. Speaking unrestrained truth with confidence. Being frank and honest. Not a uh, tailored speech. 
but from the heart with love to speak truth into the ears of the deaf. Friend, we are in an age where it's time for us to be bold and speak the truth. Because what the world and what Satan's trying to do is lie to you. We live in a world where they say, where they're like, well, sin isn't sin anymore. Like it's, it's all, it's like, it's, we, we should be affirming, we should be accepting, we should be whatever. And they start, they, we've, they begin to change the name of things, right? From, they change it from stuff like, you know, well, they're living together to cohabitation, so it sounds better. They've changed stuff like, changing this. They're changing the names of things to make it sound more acceptable. It's time for us to stand up and speak the truth in love. Because what the scripture says, only truth that can what? Set you free. Why do you think? Why do you think the call of all of the gospel called the new, really the New Testament is calling you into freedom? It's because we're all trapped by what? A lie. And the Holy Spirit and Jesus is trying to speak into that lie and pull it out of you because there's only life and only true life can come from Him. I'm here to tell you, I have seen too much in the last little bit to shut up. I've seen healing happen. I've seen demons cast out. I've seen families brought back together. Like I've seen too much lately to shut up about truth. The truth is this, that there's no other way into heaven but by the name of Jesus. That healing healing and deliverance is still possible. Salvation is for today. Marriages can be restored. And freedom is possible only under Jesus. We have to seek his face so that we can change the world around us. We have to be a people of faith, a people of the word. We have to have be people. We have to be people who are willing to take big risks because we serve a big God and size up and be bold. We have a society and a world counting on us. How will they know unless they are told? The Bible says. Paul, who says, "I fill up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions," which is almost heresy, right? Because the cross is enough. I fill up what is lacking, what is lacking that the world may know him. So here's my prayer. I'm praying that every one of you, and if you're listening to this online later, I'm praying that sometime this week you get put in a situation that is tense and that you be filled with boldness to share your faith and what God done for you. Because we have family and friends and co-workers who are in desperate need of the truth. And are you willing to speak it? God, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here today. 
God, I pray over the hearts of people here, God, that as they go, that you're, they are filled with their faith, filled with boldness and courage. That you move in a powerful way in their lives. And I pray, God, that this week, that this week, they be put in a situation where they have to share their faith. That, 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 that it's undeniable. This God has me here for this reason. And God, I pray for over the people in this room, those listening, where deliverance is needed. God, I pray for deliverance in your name. That any voice.